Botox Cosmetic Onobotulinum Toxin A is a truly iconic brand with over 20 years of heritage, innovation, and partnership. It is the only aesthetic neurotoxin that is FDA-approved for the temporary improvement in the appearance of three areas, moderate to severe forehead lines, lateral canthal lines, and glabellar lines in adults. Botox Cosmetic is also a prescription treatment. All patients must be assessed by a licensed specialist to determine if Botox Cosmetic is right for them. This podcast dives deeper into the Botox Cosmetic patient opportunity, focusing on tips and considerations for assessment with Botox Cosmetic patients. Dr. Corey Moss, a board-certified facial plastic surgeon and founder of the Moss Clinic in San Francisco, was one of the first injectors to use Botox Cosmetic in his practice. He will be speaking with our esteemed panel of aesthetics leaders as they share their personal experiences about why they choose Botox Cosmetic for their practices and their patients. Important safety information, including boxed warning. Warning, distant spread of toxin effect. Post-marketing reports indicate that the effects of Botox Cosmetic and all botulinum toxin products may spread from the area of injection to produce symptoms consistent with botulinum toxin effects. These may include asthenia, generalized muscle weakness, diplopia, ptosis, dysphagia, dysphonia, dysarthria, urinary incontinence, and breathing difficulties. These symptoms have been reported hours to weeks after injection. Swallowing and breathing difficulties can be life-threatening, and there have been reports of death. The risk of symptoms is probably greatest in children treated for spasticity but symptoms can also occur in adults treated for spasticity and other conditions, particularly in those patients who have an underlying condition that would predispose them to these symptoms. In unapproved uses and approved indications, cases of spread of effect have been reported at doses comparable to those used to treat cervical dystonia and spasticity and at lower doses. Please stay tuned for additional important safety information on Botox Cosmetic. Hello and welcome to the inaugural I Choose podcast with Botox Cosmetic. I'm Dr. Corey Moss and I'll be your host. We've got an incredible panel of guests gathered here today to talk about Botox Cosmetic. Not only are they leaders in their respective fields, but they are also injector trainers for the Allergan Medical Institute. First off, we have Dr. Rami Botniji, a board-certified facial plastic surgeon and otolaryngologist in Southern California. Next, we have Nicola Lowry, an aesthetics injector specialist who practices in Southern California. And finally, we have Ina Prokopienko, a registered nurse from Utah. It's great to have you all with us today. It's a pleasure being here, Corey. So happy to be part of this. Thank you so much for having me. All of us on this panel have been Botox cosmetic injectors for years. I'm sure we have decades worth of experience collectively amongst the four of us. And let's be honest, I've not only treated my patients with Botox Cosmetic for that time, but I've been getting treated with Botox Cosmetic for decades myself. And who's with me on that? Well, I've been using Botox Cosmetic on myself um, from the moment it came out. And for me, I've been using Botox Cosmetic in 2010, right before our wedding, and I've been using it ever since. 2002 for me, right when it came out. Okay, well, I'm glad I know that I'm not the only one. 
but I hadn't expected to be. Some providers know and use Botox Cosmetic. In fact, many do. Plus, Botox Cosmetic is the neurotoxin most chosen by providers when injecting a neurotoxin for themselves or a family member. And in a survey of 242 providers who were asked what brand they would use for themselves or a family member, Botox Cosmetic was chosen almost three times as often as the other brand. So let's dive into patients in your practice, how you assess them and how you recommend treatment with Botox Cosmetic. First, how many of your patients come in asking about Botox Cosmetic by name? I would say it's a majority for sure. It's probably at least 90 to 95% of the patients who come in and ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. And in my practice, that's mostly what I do. When patients come in asking for a neurotoxin treatment, I would say the great majority of our patients ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. That's because it's such a well-known brand. But because Botox Cosmetic is such a ubiquitous name, patients sometimes ask for it in areas of the face where it would be inappropriate to treat with Botox Cosmetic and more appropriate to treat with fillers. So it's more about educating patients on what Botox Cosmetic does and the areas where it is approved for treatment. Yes, Botox Cosmetic has the brand recognition. It's that iconic brand that everyone knows. Great, so let's talk about patients who are new to your practice and who've expressed an interest in Botox Cosmetic. What questions do you ask and what actions do you take? So for me, if a new patient is asking for Botox Cosmetic, I like to know whether or not they've had any neurotoxin treatment before because maybe they're new to my practice, but they're not new to neurotoxins. I also ask them, when they look in the mirror, what is it that they've noticed that they wish to address? This helps me assess whether Botox Cosmetic is right for their concerns. If appropriate, I also may recommend treating other approved areas that the patient may not necessarily have thought of. With patients who have had Botox Cosmetic at a different practice, I also try to find out where they were before and why they decided to change. Similarly, the first thing I ask about is previous treatments, if they are new or naive to injectables. I always try to do a little bit of a health history because I'm looking for any red flags that might mean they're not right for their treatment. I try to keep it very casual so that it doesn't feel too clinical. And then, of course, I ask them their reason. What was the main thing that drove them to make the appointment and talk to me today? And everybody has their different things. I then move into my anatomical discussion and assessment. At this point, I usually hand the patient a mirror and go through my assessment with them. Sometimes I bring out my white pencil and mark the areas that they have concerns with. I think that's very validating and comforting for the patient when they see that we're on the same page. Well, a lot of my patients have been with me for a very long time. When I do have a first-time consult, however, I always have my patient look in the mirror and I talk to them about what exactly that bothers them. I have a tendency to stand behind the patient and look in the mirror with them, which gives me a certain perspective, having them show me what they're seeing in the mirror, what area of the concerns, and what are they looking for that I can do for them. Sounds like mirrors are the key tools that you all use during your assessment, but in slightly different ways. Anything additional you do with patients who are completely new to Botox Cosmetic? For totally new patients, they may not even know how Botox Cosmetic works. So, I share with them something simple. I say that Botox Cosmetic is a product that we inject directly into the muscle, and it takes 30 days to see the full results. And I go over what it does. 
Well, that's pretty similar to what I do. I, I express how I think they're going to be happy with the results, and I have a narrative that I've developed over years about how it works, what to expect, the success rate, and potential side effects. Some patients ask more questions after I finish, but most are ready to roll by then. Okay, so we covered a bit about talking to the new patients about their initial concerns. Nicola talked a little bit about assessing the patient's anatomy in her previous answer. How do you assess the patient's anatomy and discuss the muscles involved with Botox cosmetic treatment and the temporary treatment of moderate to severe forehead lines, lateral cantho lines, and glabellar lines? Yes, during the anatomy assessment, that's when I speak to how the muscles really work in synergistic pairs. When you utilize Botox Cosmetic, it helps reduce the activity of those muscles, improving the appearance of those moderate to severe facial lines temporarily. It's important to keep those muscles in a synergistic treatment pattern so that when we're keeping everything balanced and getting natural looking results. Patients may begin to see results within 24 to 48 hours after injection in glabellar lines with full results in 30 days. When I assess my patients, I look like I've given them a blessing. I put my hands on their face and then I try to feel for the muscle. I feel for the belly of the muscle, the strength of the muscle, the location of the muscles, and where it starts. And then I have them animate. And I explain where the muscles are, what they do, and where some of the muscles gets overlapped. I also go over what they should and shouldn't be expecting from the treatment. As a facial plastic surgeon, I think it's good for the patient to have an understanding of what's happening overall with respect to the appearance of their lines. So they may come in asking for Botox cosmetic for one specific area of concern, but if they're appropriate, I try to gently show them other approved areas where they may benefit from treatment. Like Ina, I have patients hold a mirror and express the muscles that I'm thinking of treating. At that time, and this plays into assessment and pre-injection, it gives the patient an opportunity to see what the muscle functions do, where the muscles are, and where the injections may benefit them most. An example is that sometimes people come in for their frown lines, right? And they'll wonder why I would inject over the eyebrows for frown lines. But when they look in the mirror, they can see the muscles in those areas and understand why we would inject there. And this gives me the further opportunity to have that discussion of depressors versus the sole elevator of the forehead so they can get a sense of that balancing act between the muscles involved and the two distinct functions that they have. So it seems like you're already talking to appropriate patients about why you recommend treating in multiple areas with Botox Cosmetic. How many of your patients are you treating in all three approved areas? I would say the great majority are getting treated in multiple approved areas. One of the things I share with them is what I see from an aesthetic perspective. We talk about the balance of all of those muscle groups and how treating one, while it may address that one specific area, may highlight or make more noticeable some of the other areas, or may even have an unwanted effect on the position or appearance of the brows. Most of my patients are between ages 50 and 70, and some of them are older. And I'm probably treating about 70 to 80% of my patients in all three areas of this Botox cosmetic when it's appropriate. Some of my patients are only appropriate for treatment in two areas, but I usually would never treat forehead line without treating a glabellar complex. And I explain to my patients why. 
the majority, if not all, of my patients are being treated in two or three areas. It's important to talk to patients about how treating just one area may influence another area and how I'm trying to help them maintain a balance between those muscles that act as depressors and the ones that act as elevators. For example, if we treat the glabellar complex alone, the opportunity for the brows to peak and potentially pull too high, which we all know is an undesirable effect, is there. If we only treat the frontalis, you will likely drop and flatten the brow. As Ina mentioned, only treating the frontalis is probably the worst mistake an injector can make. In appropriate patients, I may recommend treating their lateral canthal lines as well. And if you can get your patients to understand and see what you're talking about when you reference treating all three areas, or the look of three, as I like to call it, a shift happens where they're more open to treatment in multiple approved areas, because really nobody wants to look overdone or unnatural. What about the patients who only want one area treated, even if they are appropriate for, and you recommend injection in two or three areas? How do you approach those patients? Despite our attempts to encourage treatments in other areas, sometimes patients really only want to focus on one area. We do what they request, but we also have them come back for a follow-up in about two weeks, prior to the expected 30-day results, to see if they are liking their results in that one area. Oftentimes, that patient now notices both the improvement of their lines in the treated area and the lack of treatment in the areas we had recommended. At this point, we've earned their respect and they're more amenable to having those other areas treated. After doing a patient's assessment, I usually say that I will be doing them a disservice by treating their elevator muscle without treating the depressor muscle at the same time because it may result in undesirable outcome, such as brow ptosis or flattening of the brow. I spend a lot of time explaining to the patient why we're doing one area with the other. So I think patients are now educated enough that if you truly show them that you're having their best interest in mind, they would really appreciate that. I mean, there's always those outliers. It's pretty few and far between, and I think if you do a good job explaining the anatomy and the muscles and how they work together, and how if I'm only doing one area, that it might look strange. And to be honest, I've actually turned patients away. I've said, I don't think we're a good fit for each other. You potentially need to find another practice. At the end of the day, our signature is on that face, and I refuse to compromise what I know will deliver the best possible outcome for that patient, because that's my signature that's left there. And those type of patients that are more interested in dictating how their treatments are going to go, as opposed to allowing me to use my years of experience and medical knowledge to do what's best for them, they're just not worth it. It's not a good fit for me. I don't enjoy that patient-provider relationship or allowed in my practice. I think that it's good for us to have those kinds of boundaries to make sure that we also feel comfortable with our patient selection. What are some of the common patient concerns when it comes to the Botox cosmetic treatment? And how do you address them? I really believe that there are four barriers to treatment. One, of course, is finances. Two, is that they're afraid it's going to hurt. Three, they're really afraid it's going to look unnatural. And four, they have safety concerns about potential side effects, including the serious ones within the boxed warning. So I think that if you can address all four of those, you help alleviate patients' concerns and you allow for greater opportunity to educate them about treatment options. 
I think that as we go through that conversation and patients start to feel comfortable with my kind of informational and skill set base, there's a shift and they get excited about the opportunities that we talk about. When someone else actually makes it into your office and is sitting in your chair, the reality is that most actually want to be treated. And I think one of the main reasons why they wouldn't get treated is if there was something that made them feel wary or uncomfortable about what was being discussed. I tell my patient that I have been getting treated with Botox Cosmetic for years. That reassures them that getting treatment with appropriate doses that are on label can still make it look natural. Okay, we talked a fair amount about how to talk to newer patients about Botox Cosmetic and how to assuage their concerns. What's the experience like with your existing patients? How is that different? I now reassess my patient on each visit, which I'd never done it before, even like 10 years ago. I have this full-on reassessment, and I see which muscles should be treated and discuss things that they may want to be looking forward to, because I'm usually able to look at the patient and just say, hey, this is not a concern now, but down the road, you probably is going to want to consider this additional treatment. I also reassess, and I do ask if there are any new concerns, and of course, check in if there's anything new going on medically. And so most of my tenured patients are coming in, and it's like, well, how was it last time? Any new concerns? Okay, great. So do you just want me to do what we did last time then? Most of the time, patients are happy with their results, and if it was at least three months ago, and they are still appropriate, we can just repeat that treatment. As far as existing patients go, some of them are so mature to Botox Cosmetic that they pop in, and if still appropriate, they get the areas treated, and they're like, we'll see you in three months. We do provide them with a little bit of education on what else we do in our practice. So we try to encourage engagement with our esthetician, our nurse practitioner, and our physician's assistant so patients can get the foundation of other treatments that we do. Because, as you know, Botox Cosmetic patients are coming back every three months, and they're typically doing something else in addition to Botox Cosmetic. So we like that journey for appropriate patients, whether it's injectable fillers, microneedling, facials, or skincare. They're purchasing it from us at the same time as their Botox Cosmetic visit. In your opinion, why do patients come back for Botox Cosmetic assessment and treatment? Probably the most common reason for patients to come back for Botox Cosmetic is they don't want those lines to come back. Since Botox Cosmetic is a temporary treatment, patients want to have an assessment already scheduled for when they start seeing those moderate to severe lines again. Everyone really has a different reason, but for a lot of patients, they just like the results they see with Botox Cosmetic treatment. Botox Cosmetic helps me as a provider deliver on the desired results my patient want again and again. In my practice, 99.9% of patients are happy with their results. So I think people become very drawn to wanting to get those results again when they notice that they're starting to go away. What I love to hear is when people have been previously treated somewhere else end up really happy with their results after they do their treatment with me. Another thing I always make sure to touch on, if we're dosing appropriately, we're going to be delivering results that our patients want. And I think that patients find a very high value in that. What do loyal Botox cosmetic patients look like in your practice? In my practice, lots of my patients are existing patients, and a lot of them are generational. 
I've had some patients whose children played in the waiting room while my patient received treatments from me. And now, as adults, those children are my patients' daughters or even granddaughters are coming in to get treated. I have patients that have been seeing me for 18 years. I think at the end of the day, patients are loyal because they are happy with the outcome. But we all know that we develop relationships with people and certain people we connect and click with and those relationships continue to evolve. I have patients that I've watched their kids grow up, graduate college, get married, have their first child, and I got them ready for every one of those life events. That's a pretty intimate relationship. That's one of the things I love most about my job, the relationships. I agree, it's fun to have patients uh, that uh, I've known for a long time. That's a part of the joy of this position. The relationship we have with Botox cosmetic patients and how we get to catch up with their lives each time we see them, it's a really great thing. It makes our jobs feel rewarding. All right, last final question, and it's a big one. Why do you choose Botox cosmetic? Whatever I do, I know exactly what to expect from Botox cosmetic. And it's my reputation that is on the line and I know I can trust Botox Cosmetic to deliver outcomes again and again. Yes, it's predictable. With Botox Cosmetic in my hands, I am able to produce consistent outcomes year after year after year, and I really appreciate that. It delivers every time for me. Botox Cosmetic is the one that I first used when I was treated. It's predictable, it's reliable. It's that treatment in facial aesthetics where it's almost undeniable. You put it in an approved area and you know exactly how it's going to behave. So it's just the product that I have the longest history with and the greatest satisfaction treating with. That concludes our podcast for today. I'd like to thank Dr. Rami Batniji, Nicola Lowry, and Ina Prokopienko. It's been an incredible talking and learning from each of you and I hope our listeners found it as informative as I did. If you haven't already, please listen to our other I Choose podcast for tips on how to encourage your Botox cosmetic patients to return to the practice for reassessment and treatment, or our podcast with doctors Jean Carruthers and Sarah Sanga reflecting on 20 years of Botox cosmetic. Both can also be found on the Modern Aesthetics podcast page. Please also visit thelookof3.com to learn more about Botox cosmetic treatment in three areas with 64 units at least three times a year. Remember, Botox cosmetic is the only neurotoxin FDA approved for the temporary improvement in the appearance of moderate to severe forehead lines, lateral cantha lines, and cabellar lines in adults. Botox cosmetic treatment should be spaced at least 90 days apart. Important safety information. Botox Cosmetic, Onobotulinum Toxin A, important information. Indications. Botox Cosmetic, Onobotulinum Toxin A, is indicated in adult patients for the temporary improvement in the appearance of moderate to severe glabellar lines associated with corrugator and or procerus muscle activity. Moderate to severe lateral cantho lines associated with orbicularis oculi activity moderate to severe forehead lines associated with frontalis activity. Important safety information, including boxed warning. Warning, distant spread of toxin effect. 
post-marketing reports indicate that the effects of Botox Cosmetic and all botulinum toxin products may spread from the area of injection to produce symptoms consistent with botulinum toxin effects. These may include asthenia, generalized muscle weakness, diplopia, ptosis, dysphagia, dysphonia, dysarthria, urinary incontinence, and breathing difficulties. These symptoms have been reported hours to weeks after injection. Swallowing and breathing difficulties can be life-threatening, and there have been reports of death. The risk of symptoms is probably greatest in children treated for spasticity, but symptoms can also occur in adults treated for spasticity and other conditions, particularly in those patients who have an underlying condition that would predispose them to these symptoms. In unapproved uses and approved indications, cases of spread of effect have been reported at doses comparable to those used to treat cervical dystonia and spasticity and at lower doses. Contraindications Botox Cosmetic is contraindicated in the presence of infection at the proposed injection site or sites and in individuals with known hypersensitivity to any botulinum toxin preparation or to any of the components in the formulation. Warnings and Precautions Lack of interchangeability between botulinum toxin products. The potency units of Botox Cosmetic are specific to the preparation and assay method utilized. They are not interchangeable with other preparations of botulinum toxin products, and therefore, units of biological activity of Botox Cosmetic cannot be compared to nor converted into units of any other botulinum toxin products assessed with any other specific assay method. Spread of Toxin Effect Please refer to boxed warning for distant spread of toxin effect. No definitive serious adverse event reports of distant spread of toxin effect associated with dermatologic use of Botox Cosmetic at the labeled dose of 20 units for glabellar lines, 24 units for lateral cantha lines, 40 units for forehead lines with glabellar lines, 44 units for simultaneous treatment of lateral cantha lines, glabellar lines, and forehead lines have been reported. Patients or caregivers should be advised to seek immediate medical care if swallowing, speech, or respiratory disorders occur. Serious Adverse Reactions with Unapproved Use Serious adverse reactions, including excessive weakness, dysphagia, and aspiration pneumonia, with some adverse reactions associated with fatal outcomes, have been reported in patients who received Botox injections for unapproved uses. In these cases, the adverse reactions were not necessarily related to distant spread of toxin, but may have resulted from the administration of Botox to the site of injection and or adjacent structures. In several of the cases, patients had pre-existing dysphagia or other significant disabilities. There is insufficient information to identify factors associated with an increased risk for adverse reactions associated with the unapproved uses of Botox. The safety and effectiveness of Botox for unapproved uses have not been established. Hypersensitivity reactions Serious and or immediate hypersensitivity reactions have been reported. These reactions include anaphylaxis, serum sickness, urticaria, soft tissue edema, and dyspnea. If such reactions occur, further injection of Botox cosmetic should be discontinued and appropriate medical therapy immediately instituted. One fatal case of anaphylaxis has been reported in which lidocaine was used as the diluent, and consequently, the causal agent cannot be reliably determined. Cardiovascular System
there have been reports following administration of Botox of adverse events involving the cardiovascular system, including arrhythmia and myocardial infarction, some with fatal outcomes. Some of these patients had risk factors including pre-existing cardiovascular disease. Use caution when administering to patients with pre-existing cardiovascular disease. Increased risk of clinically significant effects with pre-existing neuromuscular disorders. Individuals with peripheral motor neuropathic diseases, amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, or neuromuscular junction disorders, for example, myasthenia gravis or Lambert-Eaton syndrome, should be monitored when given botulinum toxin. Patients with neuromuscular disorders may be at increased risk of clinically significant effects, including generalized muscle weakness, diplopia, ptosis, dysphonia, dysarthria, severe dysphagia, and respiratory compromise from onobotulinum toxin A. See warnings and precautions. Dysphagia and breathing difficulties. Treatment with Botox and other botulinum toxin products can result in swallowing or breathing difficulties. Patients with pre-existing swallowing or breathing difficulties may be more susceptible to these complications. In most cases, this is a consequence of weakening of muscles in the area of injection that are involved in breathing or oropharyngeal muscles that control swallowing or breathing. See boxed warning. Pre-existing conditions at the injection site. Caution should be used when Botox cosmetic treatment is used in the presence of inflammation at the proposed injection site or sites or when excessive weakness or atrophy is present in the target muscle or muscles. Dry eye in patients treated with Botox Cosmetic There have been reports of dry eye associated with Botox Cosmetic injection in or near the orbicularis oculi muscle. If symptoms of dry eye, for example, eye irritation, photophobia, or visual changes persist, consider referring patients to an ophthalmologist. Human Albumin and Transmission of Viral Diseases This product contains albumin, a derivative of human blood. Based on effective donor screening and product manufacturing processes, it carries an extremely remote risk for transmission of viral diseases and variant Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease, VCJD. There is a theoretical risk for transmission of Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease, CJD, but if that risk actually exists, the risk of transmission would also be considered extremely remote. No cases of transmission of viral diseases, CJD or VCJD, have ever been identified for licensed albumin or albumin contained in other licensed products. Adverse Reactions The most frequently reported adverse reactions following injection of Botox Cosmetic for glabellar lines were eyelid ptosis, 3%, facial pain, 1%, facial paresis, 1%, and muscular weakness, 1%. The most frequently reported adverse reaction following injection of Botox Cosmetic for lateral cantholines was eyelid edema, 1%. The most frequently reported adverse reactions following injection of Botox Cosmetic for forehead lines with glabellar lines were headache, 9%, brow ptosis, 2%, and eyelid ptosis, 2%. Drug Interactions Co-administration of Botox Cosmetic and aminoglycosides or other agents interfering with neuromuscular transmission, for example, curare-like compounds, should only be performed with caution, as the effect of the toxin may be potentiated. 
use of anticholinergic drugs after administration of Botox cosmetic may potentiate systemic anticholinergic effects. The effect of administering different botulinum neurotoxin products at the same time or within several months of each other is unknown. Excessive neuromuscular weakness may be exacerbated by administration of another botulinum toxin prior to the resolution of the effects of a previously administered botulinum toxin. Excessive weakness may also be exaggerated by administration of a muscle relaxant before or after administration of Botox cosmetic. Use in specific populations There are no studies or adequate data from postmarking surveillance on the developmental risk associated with use of Botox cosmetic in pregnant women. There are no data on the presence of Botox cosmetic in human or animal milk, the effects on the breastfed child, or the effects on milk production. Please see Botox Cosmetic full prescribing information, including boxed warning, or visit https colon slash slash www.rxabv.com slash pdf slash Botox Cosmetic underscore pi dot pdf.